0: Welcome to another episode of Occupy Interview Radio. Your host today is going to be Mark Lar, Terry Bain, and I'm James. Our guest today is Cliff Arnbeck. He's an attorney here in Ohio. He's been fighting uh, election fraud and other uh, activities here in the uh, great United States for some years. Why don't you say hello, Cliff? Howdy. How are you doing today, doing
1: Sarah? Fine. On va- I'm
0: fine. Let's on vacation, so we'll make this, we won't make this too long. All right. Uh, let's start off the, uh, the show with you know one of my big uh, stories and things I've talked to you about in the past with has been the uh, Michael Connell Michael Connell story. Could you give us uh, a quick uh, summary of what what that's all about and where we are currently in that story?
1: Mike Connell was an uh, IP expert uh, for Karl Rove, uh, beginning all the way back uh, in to 1988, and uh, he was uh, involved in just about any project that Carl Rove thought important uh he would make sure that uh Mike Connell would, would be uh, heading the uh, web design and the internet uh internet uh applications of, of that uh, project so in on July 17th of 2008 uh we held a news conference in Columbus Ohio uh, in which we included a guy named Stephen Spoonamore, who was a friend and colleague of Mike Connell's. And Spoonamore had been having discussions with Connell about coming forward to the United States Congress and to uh, the Justice Department to talk about uh, the vulnerability of our election system in the United States to electronic uh, electronic and fraudulent uh, manipulation, and uh, we have not been successful in getting, uh, getting him to uh, getting an interview set up with Congress, and we, on July 17th, we uh, announced that we were uh, planning to file a racketeering claim against Rove as the principal perpetrator in an ongoing scheme of election manipulation in the United States. And we identified Mike Connell as the key witness in in that uh, case. And within two or three days, there was an anonymous tip uh, coming coming in that saying that uh, the person, the tipster, was associated with the McCain for President campaign, and that he wanted to inform uh, us of uh, of a threat by Karl Rove against Mike Connell and also to inform us that the base of operations for this election-stealing operation was in Enterprise, Alabama. And uh, those tips continued. Uh, Stephen Spoonamore made some calls and uh, within the Republican Party and reported to me that he believed that there was, in fact, a, uh, a threat against Mike Connell. I informed the authorities, state and federal, of that. And, uh, we, t- you know, things went along. There continued to be tips. There cont- continued to be efforts to, uh, communicate with Connell and bring him into, uh, into the, into the system. Um, ultimately we, uh, succeeded in getting a court a federal court to order his uh, appearance for a deposition we took his deposition on uh, the day before the election in 2008 and uh, about uh, 6 weeks later uh, his plane uh, was returning from Washington DC to his home airport in Akron and uh, crashed uh, and it was uh, his, he was a solo, uh, pilot. It was his plane. Uh, but it, there were, it, it was a, a crash in suspicious circumstances. Um, so then, uh, there was some investigation, investigations going on. Uh, then in September of 2009, uh, another, uh, person, or possibly the same person who had originally given us the tip about threats against Connell's life, uh, a person uh, identifying himself as uh, Mark uh, Felt, the tipster in uh, in the informant in uh, Deep Throat of Watergate fame, uh, uh, saying that uh, uh, describing the circumstances of how uh, Mike Connell's plane had been uh, had been uh, tampered with in order to, uh, the navigation system had been tampered with in order to, uh, cause his plane to crash. Uh, there have been discussions from time to time with the FBI about this. Um, and, uh, we, we continue to, uh, we continue to, uh, seek a, uh, FBI and Justice Department, uh, Investigation and and uh, further investigation and and prosecution related to all of this. Uh, we don't know if uh, if they are picking up on it or not, but uh, we continue to keep them informed, and we continue to uh, uh, press forward uh, to the best of our ability to uh, litigate uh, privately um, in, in a racketeering case that we uh, we have advised. Uh, the state of Ohio that will be filing before this next election, uh, to, uh, to, uh, litigate the, uh, ongoing election theft by Cliff Karl Rove. Yes. Excuse me, Cliff. Um,
0: do you, is there any question that this man, Michael Connell, was assassinated at this point?
1: Well, there, there are, um, there are people who would say that, uh, it, yes, there is a question because, uh, um, the National Transportation Safety Board does an investigation, and my understanding is that their jurisdiction is limited to identifying non-criminal causes for a crash.
2: Correct. I believe so, so their
1: investigation is real. they don't have jurisdiction to say uh, it appears that this was a, uh, uh, you know, a, uh, a criminal, a criminal cause. Uh, so they. Uh, they said that there were there were adverse weather conditions um and that's their official report that he took off uh from washington uh college park Maryland, knowing that there were there were uh uh there wasn't uh, perfect flying conditions and and uh there was some cold weather uh in uh very
0: very reminiscent of uh the paul wellstone senator Paul wellstone crash too because you know there's all kinds of conflict you know there you know, people went back and looked at the uh, weather data, and there was no ice, but that was on the NTSB report that it was icing that day and other weather problems. So I don't think they can be trusted. Uh, you know, here's a question that leads into it. Why, when Obama the Obama administration came into power, did they not go and investigate all these crimes of the eight years before? I mean, do you have an idea on that? Or is there progress being made on, you know, say, you know some of this election rigging or, you know, 2004 and beyond?
1: Well, that, that, that's a good question. Uh, you know, part, of, part of the answer, I think, is that the uh, government, and Obama referred to this at, at the outset, that the government is this massive uh, operation, and it takes time to turn things around. So, the Justice Department uh, is a substantial institution um, responsible for prosecuting crime, but the Justice Department uh, has been uh, has has been corrupted uh for a long time uh and this this is documented in the book by uh, Michelle Alexander called The New Jim Crow in which she documents that uh since the Nixon administration and the war on drugs uh we have had a uh, uh a program which is really was really designed to uh target uh inner city uh African American uh males for incarceration and uh, for the purpose of disrupting the African-american uh, community and families and uh, causing uh, 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 in interfering with their exercise of uh, 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 you know voting and, and so on uh, so that's been going on for some time and in the, uh, in, the in the Bush administration Carl uh, Rove, was doing a masterful job of of stacking uh the justice department and its civil uh its civil uh, uh I mean the the uh uh civil service the uh, part of it with people who were selected on the basis of loyalty to uh uh, uh president bush and uh, and and Rove. so uh this was admitted to uh before the end of the Bush administration, uh, and Uccase, when he took the position as, uh, as as new attorney general substituting for Alberto Gonzalez, pledged to correct the situation, but he did not pledge to purge the civil service uh, part of the Justice Department of lawyers who were really not qualified, but who had been selected on the basis of their partisan uh, affiliation or loyalty. So that, this is a problem and it's illustrated in, uh, in a very important example of the prosecution of, uh, Governor Don Siegelman in Alabama. Uh, it right. took, yeah. took place, uh, as, as a means of preventing him from, uh, run, running again uh, for governor of Alabama after his, his 2002 election had been stolen. Uh, they, they wanted to incapacitate his ability to uh, run again. They prosecuted him. Uh, there was a there was an attorney in uh, Alabama who came forward. This was a former top operative for Karl Rove, uh, changed sides in 2007, and came forward in an affidavit and in testimony before the House Judiciary Committee. And explained how Karl Rove had used the Justice Department to initiate the prosecution and how they had arranged for a, uh, a partisan, uh, and corrupt federal judge to get the case who would, uh, go after, uh, Siegelman. So all of this came out. It was on 60 Minutes and so on and had, had quite a bit of public attention, including from more than 50 former uh, state attorney oh, general from
0: around, oh, yeah. around right. the
1: country, uh, arguing that that prosecution was partisan and it should be discontinued. But nevertheless, the Obama administration continued, uh, to, to, um, uh, press forward with that prosecution. And, uh, that's a, that's a example of, uh, something that's very hard to reconcile with a, an administration that, uh, wants to clean up uh, the mess that uh, Karl Rove created during uh, his time in the White House.
0: I, I have a one uh, follow-up question. What what can we do about a government that is in charge of policing itself? Do you have any ideas and solutions that we could, you know, to root out this this problem of uh conflict of interest? You know, with the government constantly having to uh, bury its own secrets.
1: Well. Uh what What can we do about it? Uh, you know we've, right. had prob- we've had a problem. we've had a problems for some time and, and uh, you know, after the uh, assassination of John Kennedy, uh, President Truman uh, wrote a letter to the Washington Post uh, urging that uh, that the uh, the executive order that he signed, which established uh, covert uh, activities as part of the agenda for the CIA. Uh, should be uh, rescinded or uh, reversed. Um, there have been uh you know investigations of uh, covert, you know covert uh when I say covert, I mean criminal activity by the United States government which is uh, covered up uh on the basis basis that national security justifies uh, the use of criminal uh, criminal methods to uh to, to protect the national security. Uh, there have been investigations of this. There have been actions taken against this. But, you know, this continues to be uh, something which is part of our, uh, our governmental process. And uh, I, would ar- I would argue that it really has no place in a uh, democratic government, uh, a, a, a constitutional government, uh, that it needs to be stopped. Uh, it needs to be uh, stopped
0: okay let's uh move over to uh Terry do you have any questions or mark you yeah, one of you guys
2: i i have got a question here i I was kinda of, yeah, i'm out of practice on this story I remember it but vaguely, but I didn't remember a connection to mark felt slash deep throat Could you elaborate on that just a little bit
1: sure um it was uh september uh two thousand nine and the letter was very brief um it said, uh, enclosed is a, uh, a, document that is not supposed to exist. Uh, Mike Connell was not a national security threat. And, uh, signed Mark Felt. We know it was not Mark Felt because on, on uh, Mark Felt, uh, died, uh, I think it was the day before, uh, uh, the day before uh, Mike Connell's airplane crash. So we know, mm, it, you know it's a pseudonym. And, uh, that, uh, anyway, the, the attachment was what what would appear to be an after action report with uh, names, uh, various names uh, redacted. But it basically said, uh, it was dated uh, December 19th, uh, uh, uh written at uh, eight, about eight something in the morning, Um of December nineteenth, that talked about receiving a call. Um, I think it was in the early. It was in the early morning, to two o'clock or something. Going to uh, uh, to terminate a national security threat, gave the call letters to the airplane, the location of the airplane at, at the College Park, Park Airport. Um, it said that they uh, proceeded to the airport. It was a team of people. They surveilled to determine that there was not. Uh, uh, security in place they approached the plane they uh, entered the plane they affixed the device that they referred to it as an AMD device I don't know what that is um, they sanitized the cockpit uh, exited the plane uh, exited the, pre- the premises and the report was being prepared at 8, 8.30 that morning and uh, we had a guy who was former uh, National Security Agency person look at the letter and he said he thought there were a lot of there were a lot of uh, uh a lot of uh, uh, uh things about it which led him to believe it was authentic and uh the way I look at it is that somebody was preparing that to uh show that uh they believe they were acting in good faith based upon a uh, instruction from people who are authorized to give such instructions uh and that's the reason for the letter uh, the document that uh uh the person doing this uh, assassination was uh documenting the fact that he he believed he'd received uh author- uh, uh instructions to terminate uh Connell's life based upon uh, a uh, from instructions from a person authorized to issue such uh, such instructions
2: thank you that's fascinating. That's, that's fascinating Go ahead, james uh, I'm surprised
0: they did a, a drone out in Ohio to take him out.
3: <laughs> Go ahead, Mark. Uh, I, I, yeah, actually, uh, uh, I was wondering if uh, uh, you could elaborate a little bit more on uh, the uh, the way the investigation was carried out by the NTSB. I understand that it was uh, a little bit on the unusual side and uh and i believe there is uh there, there's the whole thing with the uh the missing blackberry which may have had a lot of information on rove and uh bush
1: yes um, there are a lot of strange things uh in connection with the investigation um there was a uh uh a reporter investigator uh acting on a private basis who went up up after the crash went to Akron uh named Kyle Hence and he prepared a report of his uh, what he found when he went up there um, and there were a number of surprising things. One was the statement by uh the uh I think it was the fire the fire chief uh a first responder uh who said that when he called the uh, he called the uh Tower, the air air, air control tower, uh, to, to, and asked how many souls were on board. Uh, they told they, he was told that there was a lockdown on information, and uh, he expressed uh, uh, a great puzzlement as as to how uh, why that would be the case, uh, because the responsibility of the first responder, the the fire people, would be to uh, try to save any anybody's life that it might have uh, somebody that might have been prone thrown, thrown free or uh, uh, you know might be lying out there uh, in in, in uh, uh, you know in, in uh, and possibly could be saved they need to know how many bodies they're looking for so that was one surprising thing another surprising thing is that uh uh the understanding was that uh uh, that the, where, where it's, it's a plane crash, they, they normally would, uh, cordon off the area and they would do their, uh, their, uh, investigation or, or, careful review of the whole scene in daylight hours in order to have better, uh, uh, you know, better, uh, uh, do a better job. Uh, this was, uh, this was, uh, done before midnight, they, they, uh, uh, took everything away and they took it to a, to a hangar, uh, owned by, uh, uh I think Lockheed Corporation. And, uh, so, th- so that seemed, uh, strange. Uh, it was the wife, he- Heather Connell, who was the one that expressed, uh, uh great, uh, frustration uh, that when she went to the scene on, uh, December, uh, 20, uh, it was a Saturday, uh, I forget whether it's 2020, whatever, it was a Saturday. I, I went to the scene on a Sunday and she was there the day before, I think it may have been December 26th, um, and found, uh, body parts or uh, uh brain matter of her husband. Uh, and then when the uh when the uh personal effects were given to her uh it had uh it it, it had uh, his computer but it didn't have his blackberry and uh they knew that uh he always carried his blackberry and uh they were very disturbed that uh that wasn't there. Uh, there was also in the, in the pictures, the TV footage, uh, on the night of the crash, uh, there were a couple of guys, uh, dressed in, uh, in, in a, appearing to be addressed as, uh, uh, Civil Air Patrol people. And, uh, I guess they had identified themselves as Civil, Civil Air Patrol acting on instructions from Alabama, uh, which is the headquarters of the Civil Air Patrol. Uh, but then there was someone in charge of the local civil air patrol who said that those people were not civil air patrol. So there was there were a lot of puzzling uh, puzzling things about the um, the aftermath of that. Uh, oh, and the two guys uh, supposedly civil air patrol people said that they were looking for uh, the the um, the thing that uh, keeps sending a signal, a tracking signal right and, and uh there was uh, speculation that uh they they might have been uh looking for the 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 uh uh the device that uh, uh that had been placed to uh, uh to alter the uh, navigation capability of the airplane or something else or the would, blackberry whatever
2: would that possibly refer to the the three letter abbreviation that that was referred to earlier in the letter?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. All right. Uh, do you okay, want to... get, uh... Go ahead, James.
0: I was going to say, we should get back on um, election integrity and occupy the ballot box. You know, what kind of things can we do, Cliff, to uh, make sure we have a, a, a real election this time?
1: Well, you know, that's the great question. Um, and it's, what's amazing is that we've, there are so many things that could, could have been done uh, before now um, to, to help have uh, honest elections, which have not been done, and uh, we've done many things that uh, actually uh, facilitate fraudulent elections, starting with the Help America Vote Act, where we spent uh, billions of dollars to uh, move toward electronic uh, voting technology, which, uh, the experts in the field say is not, has not been, uh, perfected or developed to the point where it's, uh, suitable for, uh, an auditable, uh, uh, non-hackable election. Uh, and yet that's what we have. So we, uh, we even have election, uh, voting machines, uh, some, some voting machines that don't even have the, uh, a token, uh, appearance of being auditable because they have no paper trail whatsoever so all you have is an electronic uh electronic uh, data uh that can easily be hacked uh and I can't tell you all those those states but uh, uh Georgia is one that jumps out in, in my mind uh, uh they don't have any kind of uh they have electronic uh voting machines uh, DRE voting machines with no uh, paper trail whatsoever
2: James, I've got a question here. Go ahead. Uh, I just uh, ha- I didn't know whether our guests had worked with Bev Harris yet. We're going to try and get her on the show to see what her take on what can the Occupy movement do to try to bring voter integrity back. Uh, because of the large size of this movement, it would be nice if, if people had a better idea of what they could be doing to try to bring voter integrity back. Do you think she's on track with what she's been working on in black box yes, voting? Y-
1: yes. Uh, Bev, Bev has been on this uh, and has really done more to popularize uh, the understanding of the vulnerability to, of electronic voting uh, technology to manipulation, probably more than anyone else in the country. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the in Ohio and uh, uh, California, in 2007, uh, we had two Democratic Secretaries of State who uh, conducted their own te- technological studies, uh, utilizing the very best uh, experts in the field. And the conclusion of both studies was that uh, these DRE machines are not, uh, can't be relied upon. And in the case of California, the Secretary of State. Uh, decertified certified the uh, uh the uh, DRE machines uh and uh and they have a they rely on a system of uh uh optical scan uh, uh paper ballots uh and i think their uh voting uh the, the integrity of their voting has uh, has improved as a consequence of that in ohio uh the secretary of state recommended that action but because of the monetary, uh, the economic implications of it, she, she said that the decision to do that should be, should be the governor and the legislature, not hers. So, uh, uh, the governor and the legislature did not, uh, uh, change, change the system. So in Ohio, we still have That's a, out. yeah, we still have a, we still have a combination of DRE machines with, with a paper trail, uh, and optical scan. Uh, voting technology.
0: Cliff, did you did you catch that Ireland scrapped all their electronic voting machines? Literally, send them to the scrapyard. Yep. It's yes, this week, I saw that recently. That's the good news. About that, you know, is it is it possible to do uh, paper ballots? You think we could get away with that? You know, This
1: this was one of the things that uh, uh, the Secretary of State of Ohio insisted that there be a paper ballot option to the voter and uh uh that that uh, uh, the problem with that is that most people uh they don't understand the the problem uh you know why would there be voting technology that's susceptible to fraud so they when they go in they think oh it's it's very nice to be able to touch the screen and vote that way it seems so simple and easy Rather than asking for a paper ballot, you're supposed to have the right to ask for a paper ballot in Ohio. Not many people do. Uh, when I did the last election, uh, they acted like, uh, you know, it was something strange and, uh, they had great difficulty finding the paper ballot. They said, oh, you want to vote provisionally? I said, no, I'm, I'm a fully qualified nice. voter. This, I have a right to vote. I want to vote on a paper ballot. And I, ultimately I was able to, but it was not an easy an easy task. So the problem is that most people just don't understand. I can't believe that the government would be uh, giving them a technology by which to vote uh, that is susceptible to uh, massive uh, fraud.
0: We have a question from the chat room. Okay. From our live listener. Thank you for showing up everybody. We appreciate it. Tell your friends and loved ones. Okay. Our first question uh little more on topic here is do you believe that this next election is going to be fraud free i mean uh or are we going to expect to see all kinds of problems i guess the question is
1: yeah well i i believe that uh, we are at a crossroads as carl uh, rove likes to say um and uh, uh the question is will, will the government uh, of this country or the people uh take uh, take the steps necessary to uh, to to uh, block block the fraud and the fraud is uh, is going on already in in a number of different ways and one of the biggest ways is is all this secret uh, 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 funded secretly funded advertising uh, designed to uh, uh, i mean propaganda uh, defamatory propaganda against uh, Against, uh, Democratic candidates, uh, in, in, in very large volume, uh, even this close, even this far out before the election, uh, there's an effort being made to scandalize, uh, candidates such as, uh, Sherrod Brown, uh, in the, uh, United States Senate, uh, the, the President Obama, uh, and to do it in such a volume that, uh, the uh, uh people believe the lie and uh and, and it's and it's very difficult to uh come up with the money uh, when when you're being uh when the other side's being funded by uh secret corporate money uh corporations there are corporations and people don't uh, it's not like uh, Scalia said that most corporations are just mom and pop operations the corporations right. are buying buying the election are uh, in many cases have budgets larger than uh, some of the countries of the world. Uh, They they have have billions and billions of dollars and uh, they are uh, uh, trying to uh, fraudulently manipulate public opinion uh, to affect this this election so that the candidates who are elected uh, are those who will be responsive to the uh, so-called 1%. It's actually you know, 0.0001% uh, rather than to the uh, majority of people.
0: Okay, another question from from the uh, chat room. The
1: uh,
0: guy the question is asking if uh, we should be concerned about a false flag event. Uh, I'm sure you're aware of what that is, you know, something uh, to get the people rallying behind the government or the, uh, the people in uh, another party's agenda. No. I know a lot of people were really concerned when uh, the last Bush election that he was going to find some reason to declare uh, martial law or something along those lines to uh, hold back the elections. Should we be concerned about any of that coming up soon uh, with the, the Obama administration? Not saying so much that Obama, but people in power that may want to like, kind of like where they're at and don't want to give up power. Should we be concerned about some sort of hinky thing happening before the election?
1: Well, the, fa- the false flag operation that I would uh, uh, point to is the uh, is the depression, the American depression. Uh, the Republicans are uh, trying to put that uh, flag uh, on the uh, Obama administration, that uh, you've had four years and you haven't turned the economy around. Uh, and well, the truth is that the stimulus that Obama proposed and, and got, as limited as it was, was a helpful, uh, thing. Uh, there should be more, uh, there should be revenue sharing going to the, uh, states and local governments so that public employees wouldn't be getting laid off, uh, which greatly contributes to the recession or depression. And so this is the, this is the false flag, uh, operation of this election. Uh, Paul Krugman, who's, uh, probably our most distinguished, uh, economist, uh, in, in, in the, in, in, the world today, uh, has made it very clear in his book called End the Depression Now that there are simple, well-proven, uh, Keynesian economic steps that can be taken such as revenue sharing and, uh, infrastructure improvements, et cetera, uh, that, that we have every, it's, it's as easy as, easy as making a pie and yet it's being blocked by people who say we have to have, uh, we have to focus on reducing the deficit and use austerity measures to do so. Um, that is all, uh, it's all a fraud and it is, uh, the pinning the depression on Obama is nothing more than a false flag operation to make people believe that, uh, uh, we've got to have another guy to give, give him, give him a chance, uh, to do something about it.
2: Carrie, mm-hmm. why don't you go next? Yeah, I I, I just had a. I, is anyone the the question has been raised by the Ron Paul campaign that the the vote fraud, vote rigging, um, is does there there seems to already be evidence beginning to show up that the vote fraud is happening? Not is it going to happen for the general election, but it's already happening in the. In the primary, primary. so it doesn't seem to be confined to the standard paradigm of left wing, right wing, or Democrat, Republican. And the kids in Occupy seem to be well aware that that this is not a party thing. Uh, Do you have any response to them because they feel like they've totally been sold out the river here?
1: Well, I think that's true. I think uh, the first, uh, the first uh, major uh fraud in, in the election process that I'm aware of it was in the uh nineteen eighty eight uh primary in uh New Hampshire and this uh, followed uh, uh George Herbert Walker Bush lost the Iowa and the Iowa caucuses and uh, at that point uh Carl Rove who was running the uh, election campaign uh said to Mike Connell uh and two other guys uh, we've got to get the evangelicals on our side and we've got to get technology on our side. Hmm. Uh, Pat Robertson, the evangelical minister, had beaten, uh, Bush and, uh, Bob Dole had beaten Bush. So then we go to the New Hampshire primary 1988 and, uh, uh, Bush, uh, uh, suddenly wins, uh, in, in, uh, uh contrary to what the pre-election polls and the exit polls showed. Uh, for that election, uh, it was a miraculous, uh, victory and it <laughs> was a compu- computer assisted victory. But that was the first, uh, example of the kind of, uh, very large scale shifting of votes, uh, using, uh, computer technology, uh, in, in this, uh, record. And then the, the fraud then continues, uh, and it's an interesting kind of fraud. It's not, it's not a, uh, uh, steal as many votes as you need to uh, to win. It's a, it's a shifting of about five five uh, percent of the vote mm-hmm. uh, in in each presidential election since 1988. So that wow. uh, in some cases the uh, 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 the Democrat wins, like uh, Bill Clinton and uh, o- Obama, but the uh, percentage of uh, victory is less than the actual vote. So both uh, Clinton and Obama were denied uh, the mandate or the level of uh, support that they actually received from the voters. Uh, and in the other elections, uh, according to the exit polls, uh, Dukakis won the 1988 election. Uh, Gore won the uh, 2000 election. Uh, Kerry won the 2004 election. And these were not squeakers; these were by by a significant uh, margin. Good
2: point. Uh, so, do you have a word of optimism for for the audience? I mean, uh, the hardest thing to try to get across to people is resistance is not futile. Do you see any good news out there?
1: Well, I see good news. There was there was a conference uh, uh, June 18th through the 20th in Washington D.C. called take back the American dream. And it had a wonderful group of speakers and uh and I I found it quite exciting. Uh, it uh Jesse Jackson talked about uh uh the the occupy movement is not in the past, it is uh it's going to be uh focused on occupying this coming election. Uh, he talked about Jesus as being an occupier uh, and entering the temple to uh, throw out the money changers. Yep. And uh, he talked about uh, Nelson Mandela as an occupier and uh, Martin, Martin Luther King as an occupier. And uh, he didn't outline his agenda, but uh, made it very clear that he uh, he wants to see that movement, the Occupy movement, occupy uh, the 2012 election. Uh, Paul Krugman spoke and it was very clear, uh, it couldn't have been clearer, uh, that, uh, this is, uh, uh, this is an easy thing to correct the depression. So people who are being tried, they're trying to persuade people to vote, uh, for the Republican because, uh, uh, the Democrat has been in office while this depression has continued. It's just, it's just a lie. And, uh, and then the, uh, I introduced, by way of questions to a couple of the panels the fact that the, that we have a uh, uh, a a a first rate uh, industrial uh, mathematician who's documented uh this election this pattern of election theft and uh, the word is out i mean this is not uh, speculation this is not uh you know talk about proof beyond a reasonable doubt this is proof proof to an astronomical level of certainty. That, uh, rogue's been stealing elections. So how in the world can we have, uh, uh, can we go into this election without having the FBI and the Justice Department, uh, uh, saying, well, you know, we're going to be monitoring this. We're going to, we're going to be, uh, we're going to be, uh, looking at all the software being used in these computers, uh, in real time. We're going to be, uh, doing a, uh um, a, a oversight of, of this election uh, uh, and, and, and be prepared to intervene at uh, any, any point where there's uh, malicious code being inserted. Uh, and uh, I, I think that we, uh, uh, from everything I could uh, sense at this meeting, where you had uh, leaders in the Democratic Party, leaders from uh, the major public interest groups all participating, it looked to me as though uh people are now ready to say uh, we're not gonna let uh, Karl Carl Rove steal any more elections.
0: Marcar, did you want to jump in?
3: Uh, actually uh uh I just want to uh remind everybody that uh uh Cliff is the uh uh Chair of the Legal Committee for Common Cause Ohio. Uh, I know Common Cause is a uh, great group people can check into to uh, give more information, and uh, he's also the national co-chair for, and attorney for the Alliance for Democracy. So I wanted to go ahead and make sure he got uh, got those plugged in. <laughs>
1: well, that, that I want to. I was. I at the time of the uh, litigation and mm-hmm. the. Uh, 2004 election, I was, uh, at that time I was the, uh, uh, in both of those positions. I'm no longer, uh, uh, co chair of the Alliance for Democracy. But I'm still chair of the Legal Committee of the Ohio Common Clause. Okay. And, uh, and then free for information, like... information. Oh, yeah, go ahead. About, about the, uh, uh, the, uh, the, uh, news organization and I think covers this issue the best of anyone in the country. Is uh, freepress. org. And uh, that. Uh, yeah. Do you have any other plugs
0: or a a book, a book or anything you want to uh, put out there? Please do. Or any other links?
1: Well, I would I would suggest people go to uh, Richard Charnin, C H A R N I N. Dot com, and look at his material. This guy uh, did the mathematical design work for the uh, lunar module uh, for Grumman Aerospace. Uh, he has worked in, uh, also worked in uh, Wall on Wall Street. Uh, he's a person of uh, preeminent qualifications as a mathematician, and since 2004, he has pretty much done focused on nothing other than the uh, mathematical modeling of the election process to establish uh, exactly, uh, uh, you know, what uh, you know what uh, the, the rate of stealing that's going on, the rate of vote uh, shifting and vote theft that's going on.
0: Okay, we have one more question from the uh, chat room. I think it'll be the last one today. Uh, we have a group on our uh, website, one of our uh, social networks that we uh, are affiliated with, called 12160.info, and we also have Occupy America's social network. Uh we have a group on that site that's called the No Confidence Party. And uh, they are spearheading a program to say, you know, there's no difference between Obama and Romney. And that is our our chat room question is, you know, why should we even bother? Because it doesn't seem like there is much of a difference between these two approved. And we have to put into this, I think, the media manipulation of the vote. You know, even, you know, throw aside all the uh, rigging, you just have this, you know, constant bashing that there is no third party, there is no alternative, you have, these are your two parties, and go from there. Let's okay. please.
1: Well, I think uh, there is a difference uh, between the two parties. Uh, the Republican Party has basically uh, become the uh, uh, the party, uh, well, it's called the, uh, uh, Craig Unger is coming out with a book September 4th. It's called Boss Rove. It basically said that Rove has taken over the Republican Party by virtue of his control of uh, over a billion dollars in the spending on the on the election campaign. Uh, so uh, the Republican Party has become a uh, totally subservient to the uh, this elite, uh, self-appointed elite that wants to control uh the politics uh of the of the country and the world uh and the economies. Um the the Democratic
3: Party.
0: Yeah. I uh, sorry yeah. to jump in. Um I should clarify that it, between Romney and Obama there isn't difference. Not so much the parties themselves. Let's just say that once they get in there, it's like, you know, they just continue each other's, you know, uh Constitutional killing uh, agenda. It seems like you know the more power to the executive, less to Congress, less to oversight, the power to make war. All these things. Let's just, uh, if you could, just uh, specifically on these two types of candidates that we have presented.
1: I just don't think it's true that I, the Democratic Party and Obama have. I just don't think it's true that there's not a difference. Uh, Obama would have uh, gotten us out of this depression uh... by now if he's been uh... if they've accepted his leadership and, and uh... uh... And, and he's not perfect but but he's better uh, far better than uh... uh... the republicans and anything romney's doing uh... there, there are other things uh... This, this national security state this military industrial complex that exercises undue influence over any president of any party uh... is obviously a, a serious problem um, but, uh, that's not, that's not to say that there's not a difference. The, the, uh, Obama is, is, he may have a gun to his head. He may, he may be, uh, misguided in some areas, but he's not totally subservient to, to the people, to, to, to Karl Rove, et cetera. So I, I just don't think well, it's a the difference. Well, what related. about the, uh, the expansion I
0: of great, I, I have,
1: I have great respect for, uh, you know, Jill, Jill Stein of the Green Party. I've met her. I, I applaud her. Uh, I believe that the best thing that could, could happen for our, uh, the process would be for our, for us to have a real focus on the, on the debates among the candidates, whether it's for the presidency or the, uh, or the uh, Senate or whatever. Um uh, uh, real debates include the third party. Uh, Jill, Jill Stein is a highly intelligent person with, with wonderful, Ideas and so on, and just having her as part of the debate would would uh uh create a genuine kind of dialogue which would would help facilitate uh getting a uh uh an intelligent conversation going an intelligent deliberation and intelligent voting
0: doesn't that doesn't that bring us back to the media though ignoring these uh these other candidates that are really bringing in at the very least some good points into the the discussion isn't the media really just let us down, in, in, at least in that one regard?
1: Well, uh, I think that, uh, uh, the media, you know, if you, if you look at the 2008 cycle in the presidential election and the primary period, both parties had open debates and they were, and they had full slates. They had a lot of people up there, including, uh, uh, people who would be, uh, 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 you know, very, uh, very much independent, maverick type candidates, and they were good debates. They were healthy for the process. And then we get to the, to the general election, and it was a much narrower process. Uh, we've got the model of of these open debates as as a model to be used to have a real, uh, real dialogue, uh, and it could be done. And if people uh, demanded it, uh, it probably would happen.
0: Any last uh, points. uh, Mark, Barr and Terry, I've been talking the whole time. You guys want to get something in or clip? We're about end of the show here. 530 points.
3: Uh, Well, I do have uh, uh, one quick question. You can probably answer this uh, uh, pretty quickly. I think Uh, uh, when I was reading some of the stuff about uh, uh, this, going back to the whole Michael Connell thing, Uh, When I was reading about Mike Connell's uh, company and some of the stuff uh, concerning emails and whatnot, uh, I I started to wonder, uh, remembering back to this uh, uh, minor scandal of the early Bush administration, where apparently there's some sort of law out there that says that all of the uh, uh, administration's emails have to uh, go through uh, the government servers and be, uh, be logged and whatnot, and that there was some sort of external email system. And I was actually wondering if, if Michael Connell's company had anything to do with that whole thing in that regard. Uh,
1: my understanding was that, uh, Mike Connell's company, uh, uh, GovTech was handling, uh, uh, uh sensitive uh, internal government communications email communications in the Congress and some of the executive agencies uh, as to the White House email uh, system I think they were uh, involved in that uh, I think they also may have had in his company uh, New Media the political arm he may have had uh, uh, some involvement with uh, a separate uh, uh, account uh, for uh that Carl Rove used for political communications out of the White House, my understanding is that under the law, all of these communications, no matter how they're characterized, are subject to uh, the Secret Service oversight, yeah. and uh, that the, uh, uh, the matter of, uh, retain, of having uh, access to that information should be something that uh, is protected. Uh, there, there has been there's been litigation about that uh, by uh, uh, an aggressive and and well funded uh, law firm and and uh, I I don't know I don't know exactly where that stands but uh, that was one of the issues that uh, about the Connell assassination is that he may have been assassinated because he knew where the uh, where those uh, White House communications by Roe. Uh, were in the system. They right. had been moved out of where they were originally stored. But Connell, because he was advised that it would be illegal to destroy those communications, my belief is that he that he would have he would not have destroyed them. He would have moved them to a different place so they couldn't easily be found. But if push came to shove, they could be produced. And the reason for his assassination, one possible reason for his assassination was that uh they they knew he would he would not lie about that and that uh that that's why that they wanted him terminated.
2: Uh, Gary? No, yeah, I, I just wanted to thank thank you for giving us a array ray of hope at the end of this mess because the the young people, the Occupy movement, the backbone of the Occupy movement, they're basically have given up on the election system being able to fix this its so helplessly corrupted, hopelessly corrupted. Uh, election, judiciary, media. Uh, and, uh, it's great to see that there's a light at the end of the tunnel because the Occupy movement is nonviolent. And I guess I keep thinking back to the quotes from the founding fathers, particularly Jefferson. Uh, ballot box or cartridge box, guys. Um, oh, uh, I do have
0: one uh, thing to Dad. add. Cliff, do you have a couple minutes still? Okay, uh, you mentioned something about, uh, military, and I, I also mentioned to you that Terry Bain is a, uh, military historian. Did you want to bring up that point before we, uh, leave here
1: today? Sure. Uh, this, uh, this group, uh, uh, Enterprise Alabama, as I understand it, is, uh, adjacent to Fort Rucker. And, uh, Fort Rucker is the, uh, uh, where the, uh, is it the Army Air Force or Army, uh, the, the air component of the Army?
2: The helicopter. Operate to
1: operate, operate out of there. And that's a, it's a major military center. And, uh, my understanding is that the, uh, uh, there was a, uh, uh criminal enterprise, uh, that began back, uh, in the days of the Vietnam War. Uh, and they drew from uh, uh some of the uh, uh they would get some of the ret- people leading the uh, uh Fort Rucker uh as, as one of their recruiting uh groups or participants uh other people with uh, Ku Klux Klan kind of background from Alabama and some of the people with uh with the Nazi uh background
3: but anyway it was a
1: uh, criminal enterprise uh that was headed, one of the principal figures was the former chief of police in Enterprise, Alabama. And, uh, but that is the, according to this tipster, uh, was the, that, that's the base, the uh, criminal enterprise base of the, uh, of the election stealing operation that Carl Rove runs. And, uh, a guy named Mark Fuller, uh, uh, who is uh, now a federal judge, Uh, Was also uh, a major stockholder in a company called Dos Aviation, and uh, my understanding is that Dos Aviation is sort of the uh, the the current or modern manifestation of this uh, this criminal enterprise uh, based in Enterprise, Alabama. And uh, anyway, it's 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 all interesting.
2: Uh, Yeah, I hadn't heard anything about that. I'm going to follow up on that too. I'm really interested. Uh, It's. It's really good to hear somebody with the legal background that you've got because they, uh, they tend to talk about people who try to bring these facts up as being conspiracy theories. And I've always liked to remind people that once the lawyers get into it, no, it's no longer a conspiracy theory. They can make it conspiracy charges. Exactly.
0: Exactly. So you guys want to round it up here? Uh, let me go. I
1: don't I'll give you, I'll give you a last point, and that is that, Carl uh, Rove on, uh, June 20th of this year was on the Greta Van Sestern show, and, uh, and he went berserk. Huh. And, uh, if, on that day, this indictment by the public interest groups was uh, served on his crossroads office, as was a letter from President uh, Obama's uh, election attorney, Bob Bauer. And, uh, but I'm sure Rove was following this conference I talked about, which was pretty, pretty pointed at, in its criticism of Karl Rove. And interesting, the most interesting thing about this appearance is that Karl Rove attacked uh, this woman, Dana Jill Simpson. And uh, Greta Van Sestren was very puzzled by it, and uh, and uh, Rachel Maddow on MSNBC uh, later was uh, very puzzled about it, and. Uh, uh, but this Jill Simpson is an Alabama attorney who told the story of how uh, Rove had, had corrupted the Justice Department, corrupted the uh, the election process in Alabama uh, on Siegelman, and and implicated the uh, the judge who owns Do- who owned DOS Aviation. So all the all the people and the dynamics of the corruption of our uh, election system were part of this uh, attack that she made in 2007. And here's Karl Rove talking about feeling that he's being subjected to thuggish and tactics and intimidation by Jill Simpson. (laughs) So it suggests that uh, the guy realizes he's vulnerable and uh, there's substance to to this line of attack.
2: Another ray of sunshine.
3: Yeah, there,
2: there, there's always
1: uh, a lot of sluggishness and truth, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well thank you, sir. Great being with you. Hopefully thank
0: we'll get you again for fine back. Cliff thank you. Check out uh he's affiliated with re Uh great uh, website here in Columbus that broadcasts to the world. Again, uh check us out on Occupy America Social Network. Thanks again to Terry, Mark Anybody, you have any last words for I end the transmission, guys?
3: I'm good.
0: I guess that's it, huh? Is Kerry gone? I'm good. Okay, I guess we're done. Uh, Brett, you can wrap it up, buddy. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll be back, hopefully, next week with another guest. Uh, Hopefully, Bev Harris from Black Box Boy. We're really trying to track her down.